Hey guys, welcome back to the Wisdom and Stuff podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Boucher, and this is where we cut through the Christianese and tradition-based thoughts that hinder us from the limitless lifestyles that we as actual children of God are designed to walk in. So let's go ahead and dive into the Word and see what the Holy Spirit has for us today. Okay, praise God. Well, welcome back to Wisdom and Stuff a podcast. This is Daryl Boucher. Um, over the next probably two, three, I don't know, maybe four sessions, we'll see how it goes. I wanted to get into something that uh, the Lord talked to me about quite a long time ago, but it really helped me to begin to cooperate with um, basically the way that God does things. And uh, if we're not cooperating, if we're not heavenly minded and cooperating with how he does things and we're fighting against how he does things, and uh, that that's that's what the Bible calls frustrating the grace of God. You know, when we're frustrating the grace of God, then we're not actually yielding to or humbling ourselves to his ways. And of course, knowing his will and knowing his way are two very different things. Uh, we can know the will of God, but the problem is is that if, if we know the will of God without knowing the way of God, then we're going to try to to produce his will or pray for his will or, or be even believe for his will to come to pass, but we're not going to actually do it his way. And uh, and his way, you know, it, it's it's just so important for us to understand that there are ways of God. It says that, that uh, there's the thoughts and the ways of God, that they are, you know, higher than, than the heavens are above the earth. But the ways of God are so much different than earthly ways. So even even though we might know what needs to be done or we might we, we might perceive what God's will is in the situation we have to do it his way and this is this is really what takes what, knowing the will of God it takes you know um, it, take, it takes knowing his word it takes you know knowing uh, having a relationship with with him knowing knowing how his his basically how he loves people and so there's there's a certain level of relationship that re, that is required to know his will uh, but obviously you know that the the biggest part of knowing his will comes from his word um, and the more I know his word the more I know his will the more I know that that his will is the same on earth as it is in heaven but then knowing his way is is vastly different because that that's where really people get mixed up. I've I've met people all over the, you know just for, for the years and years that I've I've been around here and I know that how many times they've come to me and they said you know what I really felt like I heard the voice of God on this but I'm just not seeing any results or or it just didn't work out the way I thought or whatever and I don't doubt that they heard the will uh, that they, they heard the voice of God they just didn't wait, wait around to find out what His way is and uh, so you know it's it's one thing I find is that you know He can He can tell us His will. But to actually know his way, we have to be with him. We, you know, he wants to lead us and guide us into these things. And so he, we are co-laborers together with him. We're not employees. So he, you know, what he, we don't do anything for God. We do things with God. And knowing, doing things with God requires that level of patience, not, not because you know, we have to wait on God you know, for, because he's inactive, but because we have to, we have to change the way we think, and we have to just just observe how he's doing things and saying, "Okay, Father, let me slow down a little bit, uh, just to find out how you want this done, because your ways are so much higher." And I want to the the goal, or or I should say that the highest thing that could happen in something is not just for you know his will to be accomplished, but it's for me to learn his way within that, and uh, and so. You know, I, I think of, of course, Noah. He 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 built the ark, and it took him, you know, a hundred years or whatever to build the ark. And in building the ark, you know, God could have just had angels come and build the ark, you know, overnight. You know, he could have he could have done he could he could have given Moses. I mean, excuse me, Noah. <laughs> 
I don't know if I said Moses or Pharaoh. Anyway, Noah built the ark. And uh, so, uh, um, so it, you know, he could have given Noah uh, this, uh, you know, supernatural empowerment to build the ark. He could have given Noah this supernatural, you know, uh, understanding and, and supernatural energy. He could have done all of these things, and, and it could have just been done supernaturally in a very short time. But it took him 100 years to do it. And, uh, and it, it's because we see that there was value that happened in that 100 years. It's not because God, you know, just wanted to take 100 years. It's because there was value. God, you know, like Noah wasn't just building an ark. Noah was allowing God to build him. And so Noah, at the end of it, the ark wasn't the most important thing that got built. At the end of it, Noah was the most important thing that got built. And so Noah had to prepare to actually become the, the heir of the world. He had to prepare to become the, the one that was literally going to rule the whole world. And that world was going to be vastly different after the flood than before the flood. And he didn't even know that. He didn't know how different it was going to be. But God was preparing him during that hundred years. And so, um, you know, th- th- there's there's not really mentioned, any, hardly anything mentioned in that hundred years, right? We have very little that's written about that hundred year process. That tells me that it was a very personal thing, right? That, that that God was like, you know what? There is something valuable happening between me and Noah. And and in our lives, when we're actually pursuing the ways of God, we need to realize that that patience is not about waiting for God to do something. Patience is about actually us changing our ways, changing how we do things so that we can uh so so that we can actually you know, uh, a yield to the way of God so that we can, we can adjust how we currently feel things need to be done versus the highest way, the heavenly way, so that everybody is blessed, so that everybody comes up to a different level. So that, uh, the funny thing is about mankind, mankind will try to fix things, but when mankind fixes things, um, when mankind fixes things, it usually ends up breaking something else, you know. And so I've I've seen it so many times where you know they 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 you know come up with something like, oh yeah, we're gonna fix this, we're gonna fix the environment, we're gonna fix the planet, we're gonna fix this over here, and then anything they implement ends up breaking something else because mankind didn't create this planet. Mankind cannot fix this planet. It's the creator that actually fixes things. It's the creator that actually restores and makes things whole. And, uh, and so, so when mankind tries to do it, mankind, uh, just messes it up again. And so that's why we have to really begin to get the heart of the creator, the heart of the father and say, okay, if this is going to be done, I want it done the highest way. I want it done in a way where everybody is blessed and not just the people around me. You know, like, like, you know, if, if I do something, if God does something, he, it doesn't, it, 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 you know, it says the blessing of the Lord has no sorrow with it at all. So the blessing of the Lord doesn't impact something, somebody negatively, no matter how far away they are. There's no negative impact on anybody. He doesn't have to take from one person to bless another person. He can bless everybody at the same time. And so, so I, I, that's, that's the highest that I want is I want to change in how I'm doing things to do things God's ways, not just know his will. And so anyway, uh, just, just cooperating with the ways of God and cooperating with things. And when I get frustrated, then I realize that I'm not cooperating with God. If there's frustration that comes up, if I start getting discouraged, that is a huge barometer to tell me that I am not cooperating with God right now. There, because God's ways are easy and light. God's ways are full of joy. God's, you know, it says his paths are paths of, of pleasantness, paths, paths of peace and ways of pleasantness. So that means that if I'm doing it God's way, there should be pleasantness and peace about it. Yeah, sometimes I have to take authority over the enemy, and sometimes I need to do whatever. But Jesus said it should be easy and light. 
and yet he had the biggest target on his back ever, and yet he still said it was easy and light. And so... So just learning that, that okay, if I'm going to do it the way that, that, that God wants me to do it, I have to calm down and I have to allow patience to have a perfect work. So I would be perfect, entire, wanting nothing, it says in James, right? And, and that's not about waiting. It's not about time going by. It is literally about me changing the way that I see it needs to be done so that you know God's highest and best can come into the earth. Uh, but anyway, so with that, though, what I kind of want to get into with that is really understanding the times and the seasons of God. In Acts chapter 1, the disciples came to Jesus, and here he's been, you know, he's been with them uh, you know, in his glorified body for like 40 days at that time, and, uh, um, and he says, well, they come to him and they're like, hey, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel this time? Are you going to actually free Israel from Rome's, you know, dominion uh, of, of, of tyranny, uh, of political tyranny over us at this time? Is that what you're going to do? And so here, here they are. They've been with Jesus for three and a half years before he was crucified, for 40 days after he was resurrected. They've heard the most amazing teaching. They, they've, they've witnessed the power of God. They've walked in the power of God. They've done all kinds of things, and yet they still have no clue as to what is actually happening here. They still don't know what God's God's ways are in this situation. And so Jesus, his, his response, though, in Acts chapter 1, verse 7, said, he says, you know, he goes, it's not for you. It's not, it's not, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons the Father has, has put in his own power. But, he goes, but you wait in Jerusalem, and, and you'll be endued with power from on high. Then you'll be witnesses of me. And so he says, you know, he wasn't trying to hold back information. He was like, there are certain things that there really are not going to benefit you. There are certain things that have nothing to do with your call in, on this earth. There are certain things that have nothing to do with, with your anointing on this earth. There are things that the Father is doing. But there are certain things that you don't even have. They're not, they're not a part of your call. And, and, and then he goes on, he goes, but here's the issue. You need to go and be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You need to go and be endued with power from on high. That's what's going to help calibrate how you see things. Now, I'm not I'm not going to teach on, on that part of it today. What I want to teach on, though, is the times and the seasons. He goes, there's, there's times and seasons the Father has put in his own power. Now, I just want to talk about times and seasons a little bit because um, they were... Of course, looking at a situation in their in their in their society, they were under Rome's tyranny. They knew that Israel was supposed to be sovereign, you know, in in their government, sovereign as a nation, as a nation, as a people of God, as a covenant nation, and uh, they knew that. And so they knew that that the the the, the, per, the current political situation, the current uh, uh you know uh, military climate, all that was wrong. It was not in line with God's will. And so they're like, okay, is this the time that you're going to change all that? And uh, because they, they saw a genuine thing that was that was not lined up to God's will. And um, and Jesus is like, you know what? You don't even need to worry about that because there's times and seasons that the Father put his own power. Now, now first of all, I want to differentiate a little bit about times and seasons because when we, we see that, that phrase mentioned a few times in the Word. There's times and there's seasons. And there's a very different... Um, they're, they're not synonymous. You know, there, there's definitely a different, uh, I guess, uh, construct between times and seasons, okay? Now, times are a lot—they they are, like, allotted um, 
allotted you know events that God has already ordained will happen in a certain year or in a certain day or hour or whatever. You know, you know, he's already allotted that. That's already been prescribed. God's already prophesied, you know, in, in throughout the word about these things. He already, you know, he is already specified and kind of put an index marker in the linear timeline that says this is when this will happen. Okay, and he's already marked that. That's a time. That's like, you know, that that is a fixed event that God has already fixed in the linear timeline of this earth, saying it will happen on this day, this hour, da-da-da, bam, it's going to happen. And then there's seasons, though. And um, seasons are different than time, right? And the thing is about the times, the the, the times that God has allotted, what I found is, in, in the word, as well as just in my own prayer time, because when I go to God and I ask him about things, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like the disciples, we're all but just be asking him about things. Hey, what about this? And what about that? And, and I, I just want to know what does he want me to pray about? You know, and, and there's, there's a lot of times when he'll have me pray about things that I never thought I would be praying about, or he'll have me not pray about things that I thought I would be praying about, you know, like, uh, you know, things that will be paramount in my mind. He was like, yeah, don't, don't pray about that. And, um, and then other things will be like, yeah, I want you to pray about this instead. And so, you know, he, I, I just want to be sensitive to his ways. And so I want to be sensitive. The Bible says, I do not know how to pray for as I ought, but the Holy Spirit in me does. So I need to yield to the Holy Spirit as I pray. Now, in that, though, I've learned that that the times that God has allotted, there's not when it comes to you know the the percentage of all the things that are going that are happening throughout the earth in all these dispensations, the amount of things that are timed out are 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 a very small percentage, and those things typically have to do with um, basically the the nations on the earth. In this situation, they're specifically talking about Rome and Israel and Rome's relationship to Israel. Those are nations. And uh, and so when Jesus said, oh, you, do, you don't need to know the times and the, and the seasons that, God, that God's put in his own, own hands, he's talking about Rome and Israel. These are, those are nations and what nations are going to do. And um, <clears throat> we know in Daniel that he had visions of, uh, you know, or actually Nebuchadnezzar had dreams that Daniel interpreted about things that are going to happen with different nations. And, uh, and we know, you know, all the way through the Old Testament, God speaks about uh, Israel and, and different things are going to happen with Israel. And, and there's set times for those things to happen. And, um, and there's even, you know, Daniel's 70, 70 weeks and all these other things. Um, you know, there, there are set times for Israel specifically. There are set times for different nations to do different things. And those are not things that we pray about um, haphazardly. Those are things that we we seek God and we're, and and we as as you're being led in your prayer time. If God says, "I want you to pray for this nation," and I want you to pray specifically for this, then pray for it because that means that the time for for things to happen is is coming about. Just like with Daniel, he he was reading in the book of Jeremiah that that Israel was supposed to be in bondage to Babylon for 70 years, and Daniel's in Babylon, and he does the math, and he realizes, oh, we've been here for 70 years. And so he sees in the Word what God's will is, and he begins to pray out the way of God. And he sees that, oh, the time has come for us to be released, and he begins praying that out. Now, he doesn't just stand up and say, God... You know, I, I just speak the release of Israel right now. No, he begins praying out the way of God. He begins praying it out and saying, okay, Father, I know your will. Your will was seven, your will, or not, not, it wasn't even that God, it wasn't God's will that they be in captivity. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying his word already decreed that it would happen. It wasn't his highest plan, but his word decreed that it would happen because of Israel's rebellion. And so it happened. And 
And he goes, but they're only going to be there for 70 years. And so that was a time, a specific time that was decreed. And so when that, that time is decreed, Daniel sees that it's up and he begins to process out and pray out the plan and the way of God. So anyway, there's times though, when we're talking about the times, we're talking about a specific um, events that God has already prescribed a day and an hour for those things to happen. And those generally, not always, but they generally have to do with um, nations, with Israel itself a lot of times, obviously, but with other nations, with, with the, the influence of governments, with the influence of different different uh, you know governmental leadership or rulers on the earth. Uh, they have to do with, um, you know, just I'm just talking about obviously what I see in the Word and what I've, what I've gleaned as God's talked to me in my own prayer time, how he's had me pray for certain things. Um, they, they do have to do with dispensations uh, of different graces in the earth. Now, it doesn't mean God's grace doesn't, doesn't change, but the Bible says that there's the manifold grace of God. It's many-sided. And so there's dispensations of his grace. There's different revelations that come into the earth. And and even though you know it has a lot to do with mankind, there are seasons once again that, that those things have to come out. And so, so times have to do with with man a specific day, an hour, a specific bam. You know, God's already allotted it; He's already prophesied it, and it will happen on this day or this hour. Okay, and those are things that how we pray about those things, we have to be sensitive. We always have to be sensitive, but those things in particular, we don't want to be haphazard about because we know we, when, when we yield to God, he'll begin to tell us, okay, it's coming time for this, or this is about to come to pass. So, so pray into this or prepare the body of Christ for this or that or whatever. And so that has to do a lot of times with nations or Israel or leaders or something like that. Um, now, the, when we're talking about seasons, seasons have to do with mostly with with and there's a lot to do with seasons obviously on the earth itself with dispensations but they have a lot more to do with our personal life in other words our personal life there's there's really you know and i i say this i don't know how to say it you know in an accurate form but but our life has more to do with seasons than with times okay our life has way more to do with seasons and this is what we where we can see this very very clearly stated, uh, it's, it's stated all throughout the New Testament, the seasons that God has has, has for us. But um, in, in Mark chapter 4, Jesus, he speaks the parable of the sower. And, uh, and he talks about the, the sower sows the seed. And at the end of it, his disciples come to him and they say, hey, you know... Um, what do you mean by that? <laughs> you know, and and he goes, he goes, man. If you don't understand this parable, how are you going to understand any of the parables? Because that parable was a keystone parable. That the parable of the sower, the seed going into the four types of soils, has everything to do with the rest of our life. And that's what Jesus is going. Listen, this is a paramount. This is this is a a keystone paramount parable that that you you're going to have to understand if we're going to understand our relationship with God and the Word of God in our lives. And that that parable alone, I mean, it's like such a keystone that Jesus says, if you understand this parable, then you will understand all the other parables. But if you don't understand this parable, you won't understand any of them. This is like a, a, a deciphering, you know, uh, a, you know, whatever, you know, uh, code to understand all the parables is the parable of the sower. Now in that he's talking about farming, right? He's talking about a farmer. He's talking about a sower that sows the seed. He's talking about the, how the soil responds to the seed and the harvest that comes up based on the soil, uh, and 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 you know just based on the activity of the farmer. Now, 
when we're talking about farming, we're not talking about distinct times. We're talking about seasons. And so I think sometimes we, we feel like the promises of God concerning our life are, are based on times. Like, oh, I can't wait for this to happen, or I can't wait for that to happen, or God's, God told me something about this, so man, I just you know, it's going to be awesome when that takes place. But yet we have to understand that most of the things in our life, I'm talking about the great percentage of things in our life, are based on seasons, and they're not based on time. And if we're still waiting for the magic day and hour for a prophecy to come to pass, and we don't understand our relationship to seasons or to the Word or to that prophetic thing, most prophetic words given are not um ba- they're 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 not fixed they're not a fixed thing most of them even in the word if you, if you go through the word and you, and you you begin to to look even in the old testament when god says he's speaking over over you know israel a lot and and he 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 speaks conditionally a lot he goes if you do this here's what's going to happen but if you do this here's what's going to happen you know and he's saying hey you have you have a free will you have choices to make and i'm going to tell you what's at the end of each of those choices and prophetic things that's why it says you know in, in timothy it says to wage a good warfare with the prophecies given to you because they're not just an automatic thing they don't just automatically come to pass they're not they're not designed to be observational where we just we 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 prophesy or we hear a prophetic word and we're like, oh man, it's going to be awesome when that happens. Praise God. No, they're a tool in our hand that we attach our anointing to. And then, and then that's what allows that thing to come to pass in the earth. They are interactive. Your prophecies are interactive. And so we, if, if we're waiting for enough time to go by for the word of God to come to pass in our life, then we really don't understand the parable of the sower and we don't understand our relationship with the word. We don't understand our relationship with seasons. And so this is what I want to get into. I know I need to wrap it up for this session, but I wanted to introduce just the, the understanding of seasons, what seasons, the difference between times and seasons, and as we get into this, I want us to I want us to really get into how to cooperate with the seasons, how to cooperate with the power of God, so we can see harvest after harvest after harvest in our life. We can see things change in our life in a very dramatic way, but it comes by understanding how seasons work, understanding the parable of the sower here. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna decipher the whole thing, you know. Right now, there's a lot in that, but uh, but I do want to to highlight the principles of it. And if we can if we can begin to activate these things in our life, break off the pattern of waiting for enough time to go by. Break off the pattern of waiting for a prophecy to happen in your personal life, and actually say nope. Uh, my my life is based on seasons. It's not based on times. It's based on seasons. And and that this is why he. He used the parable of the sower to talk about our relationship to the word because it has to do with seasons. And so, as as we, as we get into this, we're going to get into how to cooperate with those seasons. What what we can do. Um, to, to actively participate with the seasons in our life. So, Father, right now we thank you, Lord God, just for revealing these things to us. We thank you for what you're doing in us, and we thank you, Lord God, that we are in your mighty hand. Father God, and we are cooperating with the highest ways of God. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today on Wisdom and Stuff. Don't forget to subscribe to get new updates and check out our podcast page on Podbean to find all our previous posts and full-length messages. We'll see you next time and have a blessed day.